is here with you barreling towards week six week three of the sec slate i'm your host zach barry joining me as always austin gray benjamin woodhouse nicholas carr gentlemen as we take a look at our fancy spreadsheet via google drive a proud sponsor of this here podcast shout out to google uh uncle sergey and the good folks on the West Coast, uh, we are looking at a 58% clip uh, after coming a little bit closer down to earth last week. Overall, 5-7 and seven after coming out of the gate super hot. Um, but uh, one Nicholas Carr is uh, still going strong. He is 9-4 and four overall. Yours truly is 8-4. and four. And then Ben and Austin, Ben, the champion from last season in Austin, uh, our actual legal counsel here that got this whole <laughs> podcast going, is at 6-6. Six and six. But as a unit, still going strong so gentlemen as we uh, look for a a somewhat of a bounce back week uh how is everyone feeling heading into week six fade my picks just fade them <laughs> i suck like no there's nothing cool about 2020 right now uh that's fade not, that's ben. not true matt corral's the most efficient quarterback in the country right now that's cool that's true that's true silver linings yeah, we were fine. We were flying too close to the sun, and we got a little burned. Yeah. Came back down to earth a little bit, but we're going to get back on the horse. We Icaritoed ourselves. That's right. <laughs> Nick, what kind of smart-ass remark do you have to say right now about how we're doing? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You guys were talking about having bad weeks last week. I can relate. Okay. We ask you to be selfless, and it is impossible. Um, but... <laughs> Nick is one game ahead, uh, and then I'm in second. And Nick was 2-1 and one last week. Yeah, uh, there is – I would say there could be an asterisk there. I mean, 2020 has an asterisk by it anyways, but Austin and myself had games canceled in week three. But that's, that's, neither, right. that's neither here nor there. Uh, putting the team on my back. Yeah, you are. You're uh, <laughs> Darren Sharper. Um, so we – going into week six. Darren Sharper. Um, I, I like this. This is gonna be a fun weekend. Um, gonna have the uh, the TVs firing on all cylinders this weekend. It's gonna be uh, there's some good games. Um, even if it's not marquee matchups, I feel like there's a lot of good matchups to look at and to pick. We are going to get into those. So Nick, as we always do, gonna throw you the keys here. Um, still rocking the Honda Odyssey this week. We we need to get a little bit better as a unit before we could upgrade to a you know a mercedes sprinter or something but um you're in the driver's seat my friend so take us through week six it's a pretty good slate this week i think there are four matchups between ranked teams um two of those involving sec uh opponents so i mean overall it's a good slate especially if you you know consider Ole miss and alabama to be a good game i mean and, and obviously uh, Florida State's going to get romped playing Notre Dame, so I mean that's that's another good game. Uh, all right, let's start off SEC. Uh, the early game, uh, a, a game, a line of Ben. I think you you've had a lot of interest in this game. It started off at Florida minus seven on the road at Texas A&M. It's moved to Florida minus six and a half, and the over unders at fifty six and a half. 
so if I, I guess if I lead off, I'm I'm going to take – I'll be really quick here. <laughs> I still think Florida's really good. I, I don't know that South Carolina is quite as, as bad as we thought they were at the beginning of the year. Florida still has Kyle Pitts. He's still awesome. Um, um, Kyle Trask is still awesome. Kadarius Tony is still awesome. And A&M just sucks, guys. I, I don't – I don't understand this line. It's a sucker bet. I'm going to be the sucker. I'm taking Florida, laying the points, and I'm going to lock it in as my first lock of the week. Florida minus six and a half seems like the best line of the week to me. I mean, I get it. It's a road game, and I get it. A&M needs a win, but A&M had to play Alabama last week. We know how that goes. When you play Alabama, you, it's like you play them two or three weeks in a row, and they they have to back that up by playing Florida at home. And Florida is not entirely is not much worse than Alabama. So um, that being said, I'll take Florida minus six and a half. I look for them to win by two or three touchdowns. I'm with you there. I'll tell you. With this one, I don't see how in the world A&M can keep up. Uh, I, look, I, this is high praise, and if, if we can have context and some uh, perspective here, I'm not comparing them to these individuals, but I, I get a lot of shades of of you know the 0708 Florida teams when Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator. I think you've got a guy like Kyle Trask in there that's a very – productive consistent and a perfect fit for this offense much like tim tebow was and then you've got at tight end you've got kyle pitts who's just an absolute matchup nightmare um we talked about it last week or two weeks ago with how i get shades of aaron hernandez where it's just a complete debacle for anyone to cover him in the open field and then Kadarius tony got a lot of percy harvin in him so They've got three dudes on offense that can just make play after play after play, and I just think that A&M is not going to be able to keep up at all. Uh, I know our, our our good buddy uh, Bill C., uh, is is with us here, Ben. He is in stride. Uh, he has Florida as the uh, against the spread pick, um, and I think that this is an easy win for the Gators. Obviously, with COVID and you know limited capacity, Kyle Field is not going to have any sort of advantage here. I don't think the Aggies are going to pull any kind of magic out of their ass playing at home, and I just don't think they're very good. I think Kellen Mond has just regressed every single year he's been in College Station. He's an absolute bust he was a top 10 player five star he's not lived up to the hype i'm absolutely laying the points here with florida i think the gators they're gonna figure things out on defense i think todd grantham's got enough talent over there they'll figure things out they they looked a little shaky last week against gamecocks but i think offensively they're just gonna just rip through um jimbo fisher's aggies Yeah, I just I was on Reddit the other day browsing, and Texas A&M fans were talking about when it's going to be time to replace Kellen Mond, and it was sort of uh, on the consensus that they they should have already done it. I mean, I don't know who they're going to replace him with. I don't think they've got a Kyler, Kyler Murray on the bench down there or anything, but they don't like him. I don't. Things are just not getting any better. I mean, the the guy showed exactly who he was what two years ago when he whenever he drew his first start in College Station. He hasn't improved at all. Um, and I had a friend tell me the other day, and I actually don't really hate what he said. He said, pretty much you kind of are who you are as a freshman. You don't see guys typically just totally change who, you know, change their stripes. I mean, Kyler Murray is, is an example. Um, 
you know, uh, of a guy that did that. But that, that there's not a ton of guys out there that that were, you know, average to decent as freshmen or sophomores, and then turned into great quarterbacks when you know later in their career. That's Mond. To me, he's already shown what he can do. We know exactly who he is. He's not going to progress or come to his own. I mean, he is who he is, and it's not good enough to be for this weekend. Yeah, this line stinks, and I, I've tried to find a reason to back A&M or to like A&M, and I, I can't really make the case for them. I, you know, if if the hurricane had affected the game, that might have mitigated some of Florida's advantages, but it looks like they're going to be in the clearing college station for the most part. Um, I mean, I agree with, with what you all have said. I, I don't see where A&M can slow Florida down. They're not very good on the back end in the secondary. They haven't generated a huge pass rush this year. Their linebackers are just average. Offensively, Mond is still Mond. I don't think they're going to be able to keep pace. I will say Florida's defensive line has slightly probably underperformed a little bit this year, but you know, uh, I don't know that that will matter really against AM. They can't exploit that. Jimbo may try to get in a, uh, a back alley brawl here and slow the game down. But again, I, I don't know how that's possible when you go three and out. It doesn't matter if it takes two minutes or 10 minutes to do that. You have to score eventually if you're going to win the game. I, I think AM struggles to get out of the 20s. I think Florida probably gets in the uh, low to mid 30s. And, and covers comfortably. It's a weird line, though. Uh, I think we all agree on that. We talked about it offline earlier in the week. The line stinks to high heaven, but I can't imagine backing A&M here. Just a, a quick follow-up for you guys. I, what makes y'all think that, that, I guess, Texas A&M's defense is good enough to stop Florida? That's my, my question is, let's it's say not. that they can score. I don't think so. I, I haven't seen anything out of A&M that says they can. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't name a dude who's covering Kyle Pitts for them. Who's covering Kadarius Tony in the open field? I mean, I this Florida offense has been. It's it's essentially Florida, Alabama, and Ole Miss are the three offenses that have just looked like absolute juggernauts in the first two weeks. Um, all three quarterbacks are playing exceptional. They're taking care of the football and they're extremely efficient. And I just. I, I I know what I have in A&M, and I know that it's, you, you know, a dad going through a midlife crisis and Jimbo who just looks like absolute dog shit on the sideline and just, as as we've said, he's just staring at that direct deposit every two weeks. Like, he is just going through the the motions. Like, there's, there's no other way to put it. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, I, I, I mean, maybe we'll see something from Texas A&M. I haven't seen it yet. All right, we'll stay in the Lone Star State. Uh, a game that I, I think this is the first time Oklahoma has been unranked in this game in something like 12 years. I mean, it's just a crazy stat. Uh, I believe Oklahoma is laying two and a half points in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I don't know the fan situation, if they're going to have any fans there or what. It's going to be, you know, 20,000 or however many. Uh, Oklahoma minus two and a half uh, versus Texas. I know the state fair is not going to be going on, that's for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here and go ahead and lay the points. I think that Spencer Rattler and company are gonna bounce back. I don't believe in Texas. Uh, they fucked me last week, and I hate Tom Herman. He is a fraud and a terrible coach, and I'm never gonna make that mistake again. Uh, I I still think like everybody. It may be soured on Oklahoma a little bit. I mean, Spencer Rattler's a redshirt freshman. He only played in three games last week, or last week, last year in mop-up duty. Uh, he 
he's still very young. He's still extremely talented. And Lincoln Riley and company are going to have a game plan ready for Tom Herman and 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 Chris Ash. And I mean, Texas defense has not looked very good. So I, I you're giving me two and a half. Like I'll take that. Um, the over under is seventy two. I'd probably go under. I don't think it's going to get that high scoring. I'm thinking something like thirty four thirty type type ish game, but. Yeah, I'm taking the Sooners. That's that's that feels like, and that feels like a gimme from Vegas. The only thing good about this game is you've got two name programs. Texas got beat by TCU last week. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State last week. I know that because I locked them in to win, and not only win but cover. <laughs> um, a few weird. I was looking at this game earlier, you know, prepping for the show, and made a few notes. Who do y'all think leads the all-time record in this game? Uh, it's probably close. It's got to be seventies and eighties. Oklahoma was yeah. like nineties Nebraska. Thinking, I'm thinking Oklahoma leads it by like it's close, right? Nine. Texas leads it by fourteen. Wow, really? Sixty-two to forty-eight to five. Kind of crazy. I did not expect that. They must have won a. A ton in like the 30s and 40s. Oklahoma seven <laughs> three in the last ten. I, I really don't know how to pick this game. Uh, I'm with I'm with Zach there, and that Spencer Rattler's young, but I'm also that also worries me, especially with you know Texas quarterback being a little bit older. This is a is a, is a bad line for me. I just I just can't pick it. I'll I'll take Oklahoma just strictly because they're favored and you know they've won seven of the last ten, but I don't like it. I mean ben, I really don't like it and um just yeah, I'll go with Oklahoma just to well for the fun of it. Well Ben you also have to factor in that Sam Ellinger is the Heisman favorite and even through a couple weeks he's <laughs> still the Heisman favorite. Um they're going to will him to win the Heisman. But yeah. I'll say this and then I'll I'll let y'all go. Death, taxes, and Gary Patterson owning the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, what are they like six and one or seven and one since the Yeah, I think they're uh, seven and one now. The, I think since they joined the Big Twelve. That's that's incredible. Uh I'll I'll say I kinda of on the other side here. I don't I mean Oklahoma's offense is good, yeah, sure, but whenever you kind of force them to be excellent i don't know that they've got it in them i mean i almost think that like when they're not providing heisman level quarterback play that they're just not quite there yet i mean yeah spencer rattler has been fine um they've they struggled late in these games i mean they really in the last 15 minutes the last two games they've been outscored something by like 21 points in the last two weeks uh in the fourth quarter it's it's been you know a, a rough ending to both games um, I'm, I'm taking Texas in the points here. I considered locking it up because uh, if there's something Tom, Tom Herman does well, it's play against Oklahoma. Uh, I'm not going to lock it up, but I am going to take Texas. Play well against Oklahoma and play well as a dog. Now, typically Herman is getting more than two points in this situation, but um, I like Texas too. Now, I, I'm going to stay away from it. I also considered the lock, Nick, but um, – I think Rattler's been good. It's not his fault that they've dropped the last two games, but he doesn't have much of a supporting cast, at least not by Oklahoma standards. There's no 
Lamb on that roster, the running backs are iffy. The, the offensive line hasn't looked good in back-to-back weeks. Um, Texas has had similar issues too, but Ellinger does have a big receiving core, and Oklahoma secondary is pretty bad. Um, they also had – Ellinger had sort of a, a Tebow moment last week after the loss and talked about how the university didn't deserve losses uh, like that one. So he's a veteran guy. I take Zach's point and generally share in the laughter about Texas perennial, you know, perennially being back and having a Heisman candidate at quarterback. But I think I just trust the vet at quarterback more than I do the young guy. And I think Ellinger's supporting cast is actually better than Rattlers at this point. So I like Texas in the points. If we're slim on locks, I may uh, – uh, double back to it. You'd think that a university, an institution of higher learning, if you will, that has a TCBY on campus would figure out a way to harness that, and they still haven't figured it out yet, and it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. You're exactly right there. All right. Uh, the, the game of the week here, Zach, I know you're interested in this one. Uh, Tennessee travels to Georgia. The 2.30 CBS game, and I believe uh, this one, you can get it anywhere from uh, Georgia minus 12 all the way up to Georgia minus 13, and the over-under is a very enjoyable 42.5. Oh, this is easy. I'm not falling for it. Lay the points with Georgia. I don't think that Tennessee can even remotely come close to moving the football against this defense. Um, we joke about it every week, but Georgia somehow, some way f- finds four and five star players to come there and play on their defense. And they're all very talented. They're all very fast. They're very physical. Uh, in the trenches, I know Tennessee's got a absolute juggernaut of an offensive line, uh, especially with Cade Mays in there now. Um, I mean, it's literally four and five stars across the entire front. But I just think it's going to be too much Georgia. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt and company can do enough. I, I don't believe in Jarrett Guarantano. Um, I would lay the points with Georgia here. I'd even go over the number 42. I, I'd take the over as well if you're feeling spicy and want to double up. I, whether it's Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, I I don't know. I'd throw the ball to George Pickens and good things will happen. I'm, I'm laying the points with the Bulldogs here. So, the um, the gambler in me wants to lock in the over here. Forty two and a half just seems so low for twenty twenty college football. Uh, is the hurricane going to be in Athens? Uh, I mean, like I doubt it. I, I just if the weather is good, it just seems like Georgia can get there by themselves to forty two. I, I just um, in the eye of a hurricane. Yeah, I mean. Look, I, I say lay the points to I, I think Tennessee is better than we're giving them credit. But I think that what they've done, you know, the last couple of weeks, they they played a, you know, a, a OK South Carolina team. I, I think Missouri's just really bad. And Tennessee, you know, kind of ran away from them late. It was a little bit closer than that score. Georgia won big at Tennessee last year, beat them by 29 on the road. I I just don't see Tennessee keeping this within two touchdowns so or 11 and a half, whatever the spread is now. Um, I'm going to take Georgia and I'm going to lay the points and I'm going to play the over and I, I'm going to pull it Austin and if y'all don't take it, I might circle back and lock the over end, but uh, over 42 and a half, but I I'll mean, let y'all take it. The line's only 12. 
and the over is a great pick as well, as Ben said. It's not a lot. It's really not. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what y'all are seeing on this over. I mean, I watched the Georgia defense last week. is really good, and I don't know what part of Jared Guantano makes you think that they can score at all on Georgia. And I, I think Georgia's going to load the box, and they're going to they're stop Chandler um, you know, from running the ball. I, I don't see – I don't see much at all coming out of this Tennessee offense. I'm thinking anywhere from 10 to 13 points. I suppose you think that Georgia could, could, could get there, you know, kind of on their own, but I don't think that Stetson Bennett, the fourth, um, I don't if really Tennessee think he, scores 13. All Georgia has to get to is 30. Yeah. 30. I, I think this is going to be a slow it down, grind them out. I just, I mean, I don't think that Bennett's going to, going to keep bringing it every week. I don't, I don't think he has been. And the Tennessee defense is not bad. I, I just – I mean, I, I guess their, their defense is ranked 10th in Bill C's S&P Plus. Georgia's got the number one defense. Um, out of 74 teams that are playing, Tennessee's offense is ranked 51. So uh, this to me is, a, is an under – and it's almost an under that I'm, I'm, I would lock in. I'm not going to because I've got another over-under that I'm going to lock in. You're overthinking but I, I, it. We'll go ahead. No, I think – Georgia's this is Kentucky this over one. Auburn kind of talk right here. <laughs> I didn't say that earlier in the year, though. This is Georgia 24-7. I don't think this is going to be all that close, and I don't think it's going to be all that high scoring. If if Georgia scores 24 on Tennessee, the Vols are, in fact, back. Okay? So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Good. Yeah, this is another one where I'm going to have some slight disagreement. I, I think Tennessee hangs in, not necessarily because Tennessee wows, but maybe Georgia comes back mm-hmm. down a little bit because they're sandwiched between the Auburn game last week, which is always a huge game for Georgia, and Alabama next week for Georgia. Right. I, you can't too, you yeah. can't get your guys up sky high three weeks in a row. You just can't. I know Georgia-Tennessee is a big game, and it's in a rivalry game in its own right, but Tennessee has had this one circled for a long time. They think they're back. They think they have the best O-line in the country. They think they have the best running back tandem in the country. Um, They think their defense is capable. They probably are doubting Stetson Bennett, CPA for Georgia. But, um, again, I'm not calling for the outright Tennessee win, but that's a lot of points in what should be a really low-scoring game. Um, The implied score there puts Georgia well below 30, right? Yeah. Tennessee, if they can get into double digits, and I know it's a big ask because Georgia's very good defensively, they will absolutely stack the box, make Tennessee have to throw the ball to beat them. But if Tennessee gets to 13 or 14, the implied tells you that it's 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 they, they should cover in that scenario. So I'm not going to lock it or anything. I just think Georgia probably comes back down to earth a little bit with Bama on deck. They win a, a grinder, just ugly, 24 to 13, and Tennessee ekes out a cover. So yeah, and if you're just a go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, good. Well, I was going to say if you're looking for for points, shop around because in one book you can get it at minus 12, and in one book you can get it all the way up at minus 13. So shop around if you're you know if you're taking Tennessee, get it at thirteen. If you're taking Georgia, get it at twelve. So the Action Network has eighty nine percent of the money on Tennessee right now. It's a lot. <laughs> how much? How much of that money is Bill Haslam? Uh, <laughs> good point. <laughs> I, st- right, I just is- don't see it, girl. I, I was going to say I'm just I just don't see it. Tennessee's a fraud. 
I mean, I'm, 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 I definitely think we're going to find other offenses this week. All right, the SEC game of the week, actually the game of the week, Arkansas travels to Auburn, Auburn minus 13 and a half. Is there any point in watching this game? Nope. This seems like the worst game of the week. Nope. This is another yeah. This is another the bullshit. This is another bullshit trap. This is not Nope. This is Vegas preying on your emotions after last week, Arkansas ending the streak against one Mike Leach and Mississippi State. Play the points with Auburn and thank me later. This is this is just going to be an absolute uh it's. I feel like this is where um, I'm trying to think of something clever for it. It's not a body. Blow, it's the opposite of a body blow game. Like this is like coming down from an emotional high for the Razorbacks, and they're on the road. And I think that on the flip side, Auburn is really, really hungry to get back out there and play again because they obviously had a poor showing in the nation's oldest rivalry against Georgia. I think that Auburn really wins big here the over here the number that the total is also not a lot 46 and a half i take the over as well if you want to double up i tigers big i don't see this being close this is an important game for auburn after what happened last week at georgia you know this late into or this many years into gus's uh tenure there i I don't know what to think. I think Arkansas is uh, due for a letdown after having an emotional first win in three or four years. I also think that things can could get squirrely at Auburn here um, uh, later in the year. I, I think this is a must win for Auburn. I don't want to say that means that they're going to play stiff or, you know, with their buttholes puckered or whatever. But at the, at the end of the day, I, I just – I'll take Auburn to lay them. I don't really know what to think about that total because I think so, I, you said the total is 46. I mean, I think, you know, 28 to 10 is very possible here in the under hits comfortably. So um, I'm just not sold on Felipe Franks. And um, I think Arkansas is going to come out a little uninspired. Um, so give me Auburn. So it's 47 and a half, by the way. I, I I don't – yeah, like you get this line anywhere from 13 to 14. It's not a line that I would probably touch. But I do think if I was going to play it, I'd probably pick Auburn uh, just because at some point they kind of need to have a get-right game or else, you know, they, they're just fraudulent. Uh, I think that's probably coming this week. Uh, Franks is still not there. If you look at his numbers from last week, they weren't they weren't good enough to win that game. They, you know, MSU had some turnovers and, and just generally didn't play all that well. It's not like you know they went out and Franks led them to victory. Uh, I do think Bo Nix is is good enough to beat Arkansas. I mean, he's not going to go out and beat Alabama this year, but I think he's enough to get you by Arkansas. Ben, you talked about puckered buttholes, and you know what unpuckers a butthole? Waffle House. And Gus Malzahn <laughs> eats a lot of Waffle House. Um, no, I. <laughs> Look, I, I agree. I think Arkansas is probably feeling pretty good about themselves after breaking the uh, the streak last week. But as Nick said, State, I think, turned the ball over three or four times. I think four times. State lost Colin Hill in the first half, too. If, I think that's right. I didn't watch the game. But um, reading a recap, I think Hill really didn't play very much at all. And he's easily State's best playmaker. So I think there's a little bit of fool's gold with that win in, in Starkville for Arkansas. 
um, Auburn needs to win badly. Chad Morris is going to be motivated to get this win after Arkansas fired him. Um, the one thing that concerns me, a couple of things that concern me, weather, A, I don't know what the forecast looks like in Auburn, but if it's you know pouring rain, that may change things. It may be hard for Auburn to pull away. But then, two, Auburn had several guys dinged up against Georgia last week, including Seth Williams, uh, their best playmaker, and their best defensive player, K.J. Brett. So I think Zach is right. This feels like a little bit of uh, Vegas getting cute here and wanting you to take the points with the lovable Razorbacks. It feels like where if Auburn is healthy or close to healthy and weather permits, Auburn just rolls Arkansas up. So I'll I'll do it like I did last game. 96% of the money, the money is on Arkansas. Good gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, this is through Action Network, and it's not going to be all of Vegas. And the, you know, but 69% of the bets and 96% of the money. So, Wales are on Arkansas. Now, you know, the line also opened at 16 and a half or 18 or whatever it was. So, yeah, and I, I, I saw two, uh, I think preseason this line was 18 or more. And I just would ask, what's changed so much since the preseason to now in terms of these two teams? I don't think a lot has changed. I think Arkansas just beat Mississippi State and Auburn got beat up against Georgia. But I think they're virtually the same teams we thought they were going to be back when the line was 18. Arkansas, beat. they were bound to beat somebody eventually. You know, and, and Mississippi State played bad. Yeah, without Colin Hill. So, mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take our quick break here, hear from the sponsors. When we come back, we'll continue to pick games for week six. We'll get you more of our locks. I think as of now, Ben is the only one with a lock in. I assure you we will get you 11 more to uh, put on your legal pad, on your notes app, whatever you might do to uh to get your picks in so brief word from the sponsors when we come back more picks from the legal gambling council hang tight it's zach again podcast rebellion to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials. 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, 
Be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something the place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their healing station, high rye bourbon, the Memphis toddy, the Memphis vodka, or the new Honey Bell vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that healing station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So like we always say... Ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Gambling Council Week 6, making our way through the SEC slate and the national slate as well. Uh, all right, Nick, where are we turning to next? Uh, I think we're pretty much done with the SEC. I mean, I'm, I'm not discussing South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Y'all are welcome to. And I honestly don't have anything to say about LSU, Missouri. So, Stay Kentucky. Stay Kentucky. Oh, yeah. yeah. MSU and Kentucky. Let's see what that number's at. Uh, Mississippi State hosts Kentucky. Is that correct? They go to Lexington. They go to Lexington. Yeah, they go to Lexington. I apologize. Oh, this is uh, not the line I guess I thought I was going to see. It opened at three, uh, and you can get it anywhere from uh, Kentucky minus one and a half to Kentucky minus two over under at 57 and a half. Dude, lay the points. By all means. Mm. By all means, lay the points. I think I trust Mark Stoops to at least give Barry Odom a call and ask, hey, 
what did you do that worked so well last week? Or maybe some intern is like, hey, Mark, maybe we should watch some old Apple Cups and <laughs> see what Jimmy Lake did because Jimmy Lake never had an issue stopping the air raid when Mike Leach was um, over there at Wazoo up in Pullman. So, yeah, I, no, I, I Kentucky's going to win. Uh, I I believe that wholeheartedly, and I do think that they'll cover. Bill C disagrees, um, but I I don't know. I mean, Kentucky played really well last week. Ole Miss just made a couple more plays, caught a good break in overtime, and, and capitalized on it. I think that Kentucky's defense looked pretty damn good. I mean, dealing with a guy like Matt Corral who's got a hot hand right now. Uh, their front seven was really nasty. Um, we talked about it on our recap show this week, fellas, but Ben Brown is arguably Ole Miss's best offensive lineman, and he had the worst PFF grade out of everybody. I mean, he got absolutely whipped up front. So I good luck with State having to deal with that. I don't know if Colin Hill is 100%, but, yeah, I'd lay the points here. Maybe I'm on an island here, but I'm laying them. Um, well – Here's the the reality. If Kentucky does not win Saturday, they've got to go to Tennessee, and that's a loss. Then they play Georgia at home, and that's a loss. Then they go to Missouri. Let's just call that a toss-up for now. They host Vandy. That's a win. They go to Alabama. That's a loss. They go to Florida. That's a loss. Then they host South Carolina. That's also likely a loss. So if Kentucky doesn't win Saturday – they're staring at Vandy and nine or two and eight. Yeah. And they could absolutely know, be two and seven. Like three when they and play seven Missouri. is that much better. Yeah. I'm not saying that three and seven is that much better, but getting three SEC wins in one year just feels a lot better than losing this one and then, you know, losing to Tennessee and Kentucky and being 0 and 5 going to Missouri. I mean, Kentucky is going to be desperate. I'm going to look for them to be inspired. Mississippi State's going to be similar in that regard. But Kentucky had some real boneheaded blunders last week. Think about the guy running for a touchdown and then fumbling two plays later. I am am certain that Mark Stoops, in a motivating week, in a week of getting your team prepared, is a little different than Mike Leach. I, I mean, Mark Stoops was ready to have a heart attack on the sideline during the game last Saturday that said I also think Kentucky uh, I don't I, this is a complete stay away game for me because I can see Mississippi State going up there and rolling them up too I'm going to take the home team strictly because they need to win a little bit more being 0-2 but there's a reason this line is one and a half or two points stay away I'll take the home team but I don't really like it well, what's Kylan Hill's status I haven't seen any updates. Good question, though. I mean, that to me is, is what, what I'm doing with the game. I take MSU here, though. I I think the last week, I guess Arkansas was a, a bit of an anomaly. Of course, I guess the first week against LSU was too. But I mean, that's the full Mike Leach experience. You beat, you know, uh, what a lot of people think is a decent team, and then you lose to what a lot of people think is a bad team. It's just kind of up and down. I think they're going to be up again this weekend. The, the Kentucky defense is downright bad. Um, and, and I really think that MSU could probably key in a little bit more on the running game than we were able to last week. They're, they're probably a little bit better at stopping that run game. 
Um, yeah, I think I mean these teams are familiar with each other because they play every year. I know, I know Leach is a new coach, um, but I just think that MSU wins this one on the road. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm leaning the opposite way. I, wow. I think the cats that the cats have to get on the board, as Ben said. They're they're 0 and 2, and arguably, I know we have some dispute over the the Auburn game, but arguably could have won both of the games they lost. Um, last so week, you're right. You know, you're right. But without me being a smart, you're right. Like Kentucky is very good to be 0 and 2. Continue. Sorry. They are easily the best 0-2 team in the country, and I know we have a limited slate this year with COVID, but but easily the best 0-2 team in the country. And look, let's let's be real. Could have won last week against Ole Miss, but for you know um, a weird fumble at the goal line and and uh, uh, an extra point miss. But uh, we talk a lot about state's offense, and deservedly so because Mike Leach is an offensive coach. But I think what doesn't get enough play really is state's defense. And they haven't faced a competent rush offense yet. Uh, LSU looked sluggish in the opener, and then, of course, Arkansas really couldn't move the ball and likely won't move the ball against anybody for the rest of the season, except maybe for against Ole Miss, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, I, I think State's defense is going to wither in the face of arguably the best offensive line in the conference in Kentucky. I think – Hudspeth goes to to I'm sorry not in Hudspeth Mark Hudspeth Mark Stoops rather goes back to what he knows bread and butter and they just pound the rock. There may be some weather in Kentucky too this weekend. I think it's going to be rain and wind. I think Kentucky runs the ball for 250 300 yards. They don't let Terry Wilson throw it around much at all. As long as they can play zone, as long as Stoops can drop some zone to stop the the underneath passing game. I don't like Leach's offense in the weather. So I think Kentucky wins and wins comfortably, uh, and I'm actually going to lock in Kentucky minus two. Ooh, yeah. Does, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and give like it a 17-point win, don't they? Something like that. What was that, Ben? Bill, Bill C has it as a as a big win by Kentucky, doesn't he? Like 13 or 17? Or no, something? Bill has it as 30-27. Okay, just three point. Kentucky win? Yes. Austin, I got it for you. 37-20. Go ahead. I got it for you at minus one and a half on the Westgate Superbook. Oh, my God. Let's do it. That that way, when I squeak by in a safety, no worries. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm telling y'all, Nick, I think that Kentucky's secondary, to go to your point about them, their defense struggling, their secondary is not good. We were wide open all day, but – their D line was good to me. I mean, if they're if the defensive line is not good, we're in trouble because I feel like fair. they controlled the line of scrimmage. I mean, to yeah. honestly, to me, this is all all weather. Callen Hill, if Callen Hill's not playing, and honestly, I didn't consider, and this is like kind of on me. I mean, I didn't really consider the fact that you know, rain is probably going to be an issue. I mean, I know that it, somehow it's not going to rain at all in Oxford this weekend, but there is a tropical <laughs> storm coming through. <laughs> Um, and uh, contrary to what some people might believe, they're bigger than you'd think, you know, they're bigger than, than 20 or 30 miles wide. I mean, it could be raining at some point in Oxford and also raining at the same time in Lexington, Kentucky, you know, depending on how, how large this storm is. I mean, especially cause the game's a little bit later. You're right. It could be rainy, could be nasty. And maybe that's a bad pick on my end. I'm, I'm glad I didn't lock it up. All right. The last uh, last SEC game, and then we'll get to our locks. Is um, I don't I don't have a ton to say about this one. Um, Ole Miss is catching 
Uh, yeah, anywhere from 23 and a half to 24 points. And the over under is anywhere from 70 to 70 and a half. And the, and I expect that over under will be just plummeting down yeah. soon. Well, the weather. Yeah, so, good. Well, I was going to say the weather is, is, is the biggest variable factor here. The problem for me there is that even if the weather is bad, Alabama will just run it more. And right. we are so bad against the run that what if they score 70 running the ball by themselves? <laughs> it's possible. I'm not, that's not out yeah, of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Kentucky probably could have had they had they just stuck on the stayed with the ground game. I mean, yes, Ole well, Miss got better in the second half. I, that's me being facetious. But Alabama is a whole different animal. Najee Harris is a whole other animal than Kentucky. I mean, that being said, I'll stay out of this because we previewed it yesterday. I think that it's a that is a sharp line for me. If I had to play it, I would take Ole Miss plus the points in the weather um, just because you never know if a team – Ole Miss might find its way into the end zone twice, get to 14. Alabama wins, you know, 35 to 14 and just tries to not get people hurt in the monsoon that's going to happen at the 630 kickoff. So the good news is per the Dark Sky app, the – precipitation percentage has moved from 100 to 99 good so okay. there could be a window, well, play ball. a window of opportunity there i i now it is it, it now the app just says rain and it can be very specific it can say heavy rain it, it can be very very um like the precipitation rate right now like inches per hour is 0.14 at 6 p.m. The wind is not very high, uh, and then wind gusts are up to 25, so not anything like super crazy. And the way that, you know, high-level Power 5 college football with ball boys, and they have an essentially an unlimited supply of footballs, or a limited supply of game balls, they're going to be getting balls in essentially every play, uh, barring a ton of wind and just a, you know, raining sideways. I still think Ole Miss is going to be able to throw the football. Now, I'm not saying they're just going to go crazy and drop 40 on Bama, but I still think Ole Miss can cover here. Because, look, let's let's not forget, like, Ole Miss can still run the football. Like, it's not like they just are absolutely relying on on the passing game. They can mix it in with Snoop and – and Jerry and Henry Parrish played a little bit last week. Um, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Ole Miss to get a backdoor cover here. Uh, the line is, what was it again, Nick? 23? Yeah, 23 and a half, 24. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're locking it in at 24, they can cover that. I mean, I, I don't see that that's super crazy. Um and yeah, I I think Alabama is going to essentially call off the dogs, if you will, at some point. I don't think Saban's out to get Kiffin here. I don't think he's out to bury him by any means. He's never lost to an assistant. I'm sure that's in the back of his mind. He's wanting to keep that streak alive, but I don't think he's going to have to do anything super crazy to keep it alive. I, I think that Alabama's better at essentially every position. They're going to be able to just lean on Ole Miss to win this, but I like the Rebels to cover here. 
Austin, go ahead. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I mean, as Zach said, the, the weather is a, a huge variable. If there is strong wind and rain, that's obviously going to inhibit our downfield passing game. Not that, you know, not that Alabama's corners are going to be easily had anyway, but we don't need that further compounding our problems. Um, I do agree, too, about your point with, with Saban and Kiffin. I don't sense that there's any actual animosity or ill will. I know they had the cute little presser moment today, but – I, I don't sense that he wants to bury Lane like he did Jimbo and and has has done others. And again, as we've already mentioned, Alabama has a look ahead here too with Georgia on deck. So, you know, this may be one where I think you uh, Ben alluded to it earlier in the week. This may be one where Saban pulls out a little rat poison and and sort of finds reasons to keep Ole Miss hanging around so that he can yell at his guys um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. Uh, in order to light a fire for Georgia, I think the back door will be open. And look, honestly, guys, with our offense, the back door would be open against anybody in the country with this number. I mean, Clemson, anybody, you name it, 24 is a big number to lay against a competent and capable offense and a guy who is playing as well as Matt Corral is. So I think the back door is open. I think we'll have the opportunity we saw against Florida that Lane Kiffin actually takes advantage of that opportunity rather than just running 31 dive three times. He actually plays to score until the clock hits zero. So I think we'll have a chance to backdoor it. I'm just not comfortable betting on it. Yeah, I am going to be comfortable betting on it, not on the spread way. And if you guys don't mind, I mean, tell me what y'all think on this. I'm going to go ahead and put a lock on the under with the assumption that the game Uh is played Saturday evening. And if the game is not played Friday, if the game is played Friday or Sunday, you can just take it off the board. And I'll, 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 I'll give a fourth bet that we can put in. In case the Ole Miss game is taken off the board, otherwise you didn't let me double up on the money line at Kentucky. No, because why are we suddenly? Because that's not what I'm doing. That's bending the rules for the for the referee here. You can't start making your own rules since you're number one in the standings, Nick. Well, then I won't (laughs) take it. But the point is, is that I I would encourage y'all not to take this bet if the game's played Friday or if the game is 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 canceled. I obviously don't want. Well, if it's canceled, it's it's void. But if my, that's my point, so I'm going to give you, a fourth bet that you can slide no, in there if this game is canceled. No, no I just won't take it. If you bad, you take it. Well, I'm not going to take it then. All I, right, I then want you, to hold off. I thought then you ain't fun. bad. Um, it's it's, a, it's the lock of the century of the millennium of the decade. <laughs> if this game is played at, at five o'clock on on Saturday, there it won't get above fifty. It might not get well, above I was, forty. I was going to say with so. As Austin said, the variable is the weather, and if it's high winds, a lot of rain, it affects Ole Miss's passing game. Play. They're but, not going to play. There might be a tornado. But it like, also people forget the hurricanes don't just bring rain. Sorry, Zach. Go well, ahead. I was going to say it, we're we're talking in a vacuum here with this game. It'll also affect Alabama's passing game because Mac Jones and Devontae, exactly. Devontae mm-hmm. Smith and those guys have been incredibly deadly throwing the ball downfield. So I could easily. If the weather is absolute shit, I could see this game being like a 31-10 win for yeah. Alabama where almost still covers, but it's just a gross, nasty game where Najee Harris runs the ball 34 times. And as, I was as, say, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, as Kiffin said earlier, too, about Saban, he's an old man. He's elderly at this point. He's going to be cold and stuff and want to get back to like eat his applesauce yeah. on the bus. Yeah. So he, he's going to want to get out of there. Drink his insure. Right. Well, and, if, and you have to remember, play, too. Go ahead. go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just because they, they also play Georgia the next week. So you talk about wanting to get back on the bus and get home. The whole team's going to want to get back on the bus and get home. If they play Georgia next week. Yeah, I mean, I think and I've, I've watched a lot of rain games. I feel like they always happen in the state of North Carolina. Maybe that's just who gets more more hurricanes, yeah, hurricanes and tropical yeah. storms in, in the month of October. I've watched a lot of these games be really, really ugly. I watched the Notre Dame NC State game a few years ago. I think it was seven to three at some point. North Carolina State kicked a field goal, which was like the, the dumbest thing I'd ever seen to try and kick an, another well, that, field goal in the rain. That Notre Dame Clemson game was gross a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, and it ended up it, it ended up playing in the into the fifties. I, I think yeah, they scored it was a lot. Turnovers, like, yeah, the but, one Nick is talking about was a monsoon. I mean, it was an absolute monsoon. Yeah, it it rained the entire was game. Saturday. I think been, this was this is going to be Saturday. If we yeah, play Saturday, and, and I, we don't have we don't have turf anymore. And throwing a wet ball on the turf is different than throwing a muddy ball on real grass. Yeah, I mean, it, this is one one thing that I've I've always tried to tell people: a muddy ball is slick. A raining mud ball is like it's got Crisco on it, whereas yeah. a wet ball on that turf, you can get some grip to throw. There's a big difference. And I think uh, – maybe not. I was thinking Clemson at that time had turf. Either way, no. Zach, this is my comment on the 31-10 to 10 prediction. That means Alabama's going to score more than once per quarter. I don't think that happens in this kind of weather. I, I don't. I think it's like 17 to nothing. And every nobody yeah, even wants to be there playing. Like yeah. I, I don't think I think both teams will just like kneel three times and punt and just agree that Alabama can <laughs> put on third down like Johnny Vaults out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, either way, I still feel comfortable taking the points here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, agree. I, I, I agree. I think that. I think you really should. I, I truthfully, I think if um, you might should go ahead and put a little bit on set. I do think if they decide to. To continue with this game, I think you're going to see the the over under shoot down probably into the high 50s. And I will I will just add is you know not to be braggadocious, but I think it was the that Notre Dame NC State game that before the game the over under was like something stupid like 47 and a half. Uh, and I I bet before the game and then live game I was watching it and it was like zero zero at the end of the first and the over under was still in the 30s. And I also grabbed it. It was just like. The game was obviously not going to get in the 30s. I, I could be wrong. This game could be, you know, there could be mistakes all over the field, people slipping and stuff. I think it's just more likely that that not, nobody wants to be there. Punts are bad. No one can kick. You know, kickoffs are going out of bounds. Just the whole the whole deal. So, AKA right. move the game to Friday. Move it to Please, Friday. Give us the extra day against Arkansas. Please. All right, I think it's I think it's Locks time. Um, Zach, do you have one? And I'll I'll try and conjure up one. All right, first one of the week. I'm going to lock in. Where is it? Hold on. Oh, here it is. I'm going to lock in Pitt minus six at Boston College. I uh, I don't think that this is too crazy to uh to lay the points here uh pitt has played well as we always 
so eloquently like to put, Pitt happens. And I just feel pretty comfortable laying six here. I, I don't think that that's a crazy I, – I just don't find that crazy to, to lay the points here at all. I think that Boston College has been pretty mediocre this year, and I like the Pitt Panthers. Um, I – Really like what Kenny Pickett has done so far under center for uh, for Pitt. Um, he's uh, tied for third in uh, the PFF College highest-graded quarterbacks through week five. He's tied with Matt Corral at 90.3 in terms of uh, quarterbacks playing at a high level. I uh, I, I typically I, I typically lean quarterback play or and or defense in games when I don't really have a feel for it. And I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett and the Panthers here. Pitt minus six, lock it in. Mm, I like it. I like it, especially off of last week. All right. um, We might have gone over Houston's difficult start to the season in terms of they've had, I believe this is their fifth different season opener that's been scheduled. uh, and, And the first one that they'll have gotten to play. Uh, and typically I would like the better team. I think Houston's a better team with the better players, but two lanes played three times. And not only that, they've also had a bye week. So they've played three times. They, they opened the season at South Alabama. They had that heartbreaker against Navy where they are up 24 to nothing in the first half, I think, and, and lost 27-24 on a last-second kick. And then, and then they scored 66 points uh, at Southern Miss, which, you know, anytime you can go into M.M. Roberts Stadium, and, and you know, drop sixty six is 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 worth something. So I, I in the line, I'm sorry, the line is Tulane plus seven. So I think you're getting a team that's played three games. You know, they have to go on the road to Houston, and I don't think weather is going to be a factor at all uh, against an offense that's sort of tough to prepare for. And Houston's doing it on you know pretty short time. I think they scheduled this game about three weeks or two weeks ago. Excuse me. So it's not like that. Houston's had all off season to prepare. Tulane brings in a little bit interesting of an offense. They're getting seven points, and they've played three times. I mean, if there's anything that teams have been doing thus far this year, it's opening slow, and I think that that trend is going to continue this week. So lock in Tulane plus seven. Hullabaloo, baby. I love that pick. I'm not That's a hell, hell of a hullabaloo. I'm not going to be sexy at all with this, this pick, and I'll be quick. I can get on circus sports at – 13 and a half. I'm going to take Clemson minus 13 and a half against Miami at home. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll be very quick with this. Clemson has played with their food all year. They burned me at Wake Forest um, and they were beating Virginia 27 to 17 in the third quarter last week. So I, I just think that this is the first time they get serious and really flex their muscle. I like what Miami does. They've got the best uh, offense in the ACC, Derek King is is really good, and he is a, you know, Miami's just got a lot of that you swagger back. That said, I I think that this is one where Clemson just you know really exerts, like I said, exerts his muscle, and and Trevor Lawrence has kind of his uh his first signature win of 2020. Um, I think 13 and a half is just too small. At 19 and a half, I'd be a little bit more nervous, or 20 and a half even, but. Um, here, I think Clemson is going to win by three, you know, 21 to 24 points and, and really, really, you know, punish Miami. Love it. Love it. 
as I said, not sexy at all. All right. Awesome. You got one? Yeah. So last week I told y'all that North Carolina was the second best team in the ACC, and then they promptly rolled out and didn't cover for me. So this week uh, I'm backing Virginia Tech against North Carolina. What do you have, Nick? Four and a half, five? You can get it up to five. Yeah, give me the five with Virginia Tech. So Virginia Bill, Tech has had like – Austin, Bill C's got it five and a half. Give me whatever. Whatever's on the board. Okay. The Hokies and the points. Um, Virginia Tech has had White House-level outbreaks of COVID, so they finally <laughs> are going to get back there, I think, some players on defense this week. They had 21 guys out last week. Um, I think Ben backed them, and uh, we didn't know that they were that 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 add up with the COVID. But um, this week they I get some guys back. Should have put a qualifier in there like Nick did earlier today about the Alabama total. <laughs> well, if they've um, got thirty that, guys out with COVID, then just cancel my bet. Yeah. Good. Um, so yeah, but basically they get a lot of guys back this week. North Carolina hasn't really been impressive for two straight weeks. They're having trouble protecting their quarterback. Longo's offense is kind of bogging down, not surprisingly, in the red zone occasionally. When deep shots aren't there, their offense really isn't running. They're not running the ball effectively either. I think Virginia Tech's going to shut down the run, make Howe beat them through the air. And uh, Virginia Tech also gets back uh, Hendon Hooker, their quarterback, this week. So I think Virginia Tech's going to run it down North Carolina's throat and make North Carolina beat them by uh, throwing the ball deep on third and short as Longo is – prone to do from time to time so give me the Hokies I think they went outright but I'll, I'll definitely take five five and a half all right Zach you got a second one or is it my yeah Zach go ahead I got you one all right um I feel pretty good about this one I was just talking about quarterback play and how that's typically where I lean if it's not defense I'm gonna lean once again into quarterback play and I'm going to look towards Denton, Texas, and Argyle's proud, proud son, Austin Un in North Texas, the mean green. They're getting three here, and I don't understand this at all. Charlotte, the 49ers, are absolutely terrible. Um, I think that North Texas will not only cover, but I would take them to win outright. Uh Mr. Uh, Mr. Argyle Austin is uh, another highest-graded quarterback under pressure per PFF College. He is third in the country. Uh, one, Matt Corral is number one. Uh, but Austin is at an 87 clip right now, QBR, per PFF for quarterbacks under pressure. I don't see how Charlotte can – I don't get this line at all. I feel like this is the op- – like on the opposite end of the spectrum of a gimme from Vegas to, to take this one. Um, I like the mean green here plus three to, uh, get it done, uh, in Denton. So there it is. North Texas plus three. And I'll just say North North Texas lost last week against Southern after I took them in locks. I can't really express to you how badly they gave the game to Southern Miss. It was not – Southern would not have been in the game. Yeah. North Texas had turnovers That's and fair. muffed kickoffs. And so I, I like them to, to, to recover this week, Zach. Yeah, Charlotte's lost a – got whipped by App State and then lost to a Florida Atlantic team that is just – so, yeah. 
All right. You know, I'm honestly not loving the card as much this week. Um, and maybe oh, that's just me being go. stingy. But I, 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 del- I delved deep. I looked into the to the abyss, really, and, and didn't like what I saw coming back at me. But I see what you did. UTSA is traveling to BYU. Oh, no. <laughs> BYU has just dog whipped this year. But I'm not going where you think I'm going. I literally literally nice. grown men beating up kids. <laughs> it really is. Oh, man. Just Adrian Peterson out here. <laughs> uh, I, I do not think that BYU is going to purposefully beat a team by, by more than 35 points. It's not the number I'm taking because that is a huge number. Bill C's got it at just 28. But I, anyway, 35 points over another you know team of, of, of Division One football players is too many points for me to lay comfortably if it doesn't involve Vanderbilt or, or Alabama or Clemson. <laughs> I, I do like the number 63 because – that we talk all the time. I think Ben was kind of the creator of this line of thinking about teams that just recruit a different level of player. BYU's got a totally different level of player than UTSA. It will show on defense. It's a good BYU defense. It hasn't allowed a ton of points thus far this year. Uh, and and then for their three wins, they've allowed three, seven, and 14. Uh, let's say they allow 14. To get to that 60, 63, they're going to have to to put up 49. I think they'll probably put up 49. I don't think they're going to give up 14. I think that, I mean, there's just no point in rubbing their noses in it. Uh, I think it's going to be under 63 pretty comfortably because I think that UTSA is going to have absolutely nothing to say on offense. So give me under 63 in the BYU uh, UTSA game. I like it. Ben, you're up. Mercy. That was a lot. I didn't know where you were going with that. So, because when you came out and said 49 to 14, I was like, well, that is exactly 35 point line. So, um, um, he's thinking, the, he's uh, thinking they're going to put the Mormon Manziel on the shelf in the second half. I, I do. I mean, at some point, you're just, you know, call off the dogs, literally, and, and just you're up 42 to nothing in the third quarter and you just coast home. So, is, is Southern Miss playing at home Saturday? That's the to, plan. To the top. Okay. So far, they're just built different down there. They, they always play during rainy season. The, the line has already <laughs> shifted down 11 points, I'm going or the total has. I'm actually going to take the under, and I'll just play it whether or not they move it to Friday or, or set, you know, <laughs> Oh, whatever. my God. This I'll, is good. This is neck. good. You don't have to cancel it. Um, Florida Atlantic, Southern Miss, the total is um, – I see 57, 57 and a half. Actually, I think that might be DraftKings. Um, yeah, so give me the Southern Miss total. I'll go under 57 and a half strictly because of Hurricane Delta. Um, and for every reason we talked about with Ole Miss Alabama, except in this case, the players are far less talented. So it's going to be even that much more of just a complete disaster. Um and when I mean less talented, I'm meaning more so on Alabama's behalf. But no, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, um, I think that you know, 57. That's just that's just too many points in a in gale force winds and a hurricane. Look, Golden Eagles. The pregame meal is going to be French dips from McAllister's, and they're just all going to be super heavy. <laughs> and it's just going to be a lower their center of gravity. 
They're going right. to lower their center of gravity so the hurricane doesn't blow them away. This is two two uh, veteran hurricane teams. You've got Florida Atlantic from Boca Raton, and then you've got the Hattiesburg boys. It's going to be a rock fight in the rain. Wet rocks. Uh, at the rock. At the, yes. And, at the rock, and, yeah. And I'll tell you all, I'll tell you this. If, um, um, if the game is canceled, like all the way canceled, they just don't play at all. Um, do I just get two games? Is that how it works? I mean, truthfully, I think if you if you anticipate that the game might be canceled, like in a rain situation, I think it's fair. Say, hey, here's my fourth pick. We'd slot it yeah, in. Yeah, I'll do that. But if the game's moved to Friday, I'm going to keep it. So that's what I'm saying. You're better like, I think me. that if we pick it and they play it any day, then we keep it. Okay. All right. That's, that's fair. That's, well, so, okay, but if it's canceled, all the way canceled, give me under 50 and a half in Army Citadel. Yes. <laughs> Oh. Yes. Uh, I'll put it in the I'll put it in the sheet, but I, I hope that it doesn't come to that for for, for all of our sake. Hell yeah! Why is that? Talk dirty just, to I'm me. Betting an under in a, in a an army versus another in an academy, academy versus a half academy. The game? Citadel's yeah. not a real service academy. Get out of here! No, it's not. Give them an academy extra point five. Half academy. Yeah, for yeah. being a half academy. The Citadel is the service academy equivalent of like when you're from. Columbus, Georgia, the and you Citadel don't get into UGA, you go to Ole Miss. It's still a step up to the service academy. The Citadel that, and that Texas, Texas A&M are the two, two service academies, <laughs> the unsung don't, service academy. Don't put <laughs> that right. evil on the Citadel. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to go ahead and lock in another over-under. No one's going here, so whatever. Uh, over-under, I'm just just going through the stuff. Uh, Notre Dame's got a good defense. Florida State sucks. Florida State's giving yes. up. 52 points in, in their loss to Miami, Florida. The only way that this game gets over that is if they give up 52 again. Um, oh that's not going to happen. Notre Dame beat uh, South Florida 52 to nothing. I could see that again today, um, or in this game actually, but luckily we're not probably not going to. So I'm, I'm and I've got 52 and a half. So even at 52 nothing, I still win. Um, this is going to be a, a beat down. Yes, sure. But I don't necessarily think that, you know, I don't think Florida State can score much at all. And I really don't think that, that Notre Dame is just going to continue to lay it on them. Uh, I would say something like a 41-7. I mean, it could be a like 41-3. Uh, Florida State's terrible. So lock in under 52.5 in Notre Dame, Florida State. All right. Uh, is it me? Last one, I think. Mulling over two here. On the one hand, I'm considering Mizzou plus 20 and a half or 21 against LSU because I feel like <laughs> I'm taking crazy pills and we have forgotten what LSU looked like just two weeks ago or whatever. Like, I know yeah. they dominated Vanderbilt, but Mizzou is not Vanderbilt. And now that the game has been moved, um, again, not that there's much home field advantage up there, but it's just a different venue and uh, things – tend to get a little trickier on the road for a giant favorite like LSU. So I, I'm talking myself into it. Let's just do it. Pull the trigger on Mizzou plus uh, 20 and a half or 21, whatever the number is. Hell yeah. 20 and a half is the best I'm seeing for you. Okay, let's do cool. 20 and a half. And I'll just add this. Look, M- Mizzou's played the toughest slate in the country, arguably, 
right out of the gate with Bama and then on the road at, at Tennessee, a, a top 20 team, top 25 team. LSU is not, I don't think in either of their class at this point, and, and that includes Tennessee. I don't think LSU is as good as Tennessee is right now. Maybe by the end of the season they will be, but uh, give me the, the Mizzou Tigers. Here's I say here's the the only question you need to ask yourself: Can Miles Brennan cover that? Uh, no. Okay, there it is. Hell yeah, Big J School, go Mizzou! All right, Ben, I'm gonna do it. Don't you dare let this Corinth Warrior let me down. I'm going to lock in Louisville minus four and a half against Georgia Tech. <laughs> I don't believe in anything that Jeff Collins is doing. I don't think Georgia Tech is anywhere close to being relatively competitive at all. I still think they're in transition, uh, getting away from the triple option and getting to whatever the hell it is he's trying to build. I don't know if he's trying to do some kind of traveling road show for the varsity and waffle house and the whole Atlanta thing. But I believe in Scott Satterfield and Mr. Brown and the Louisville Cardinals. And I'm going to take Louisville minus four and a half on the road. Look this, I like this pick. Look, I, I probably would have taken Louisville, but for, I feel like I've picked them every week or at least twice before. <clears throat> Here's the thing about Georgia tech. They have a lot of um, Brett Bielema, Arkansas vibes going on. He comes in, takes over from a pass-happy offense, and uh, when Petrino tries to turn it into, you know, Wisconsin or the SEC, and then before, you know, it doesn't really work out, but before it really gets going, they switch right back to Chad Morris, and, you know, that didn't really work out either, and now they're back to an offensive line coach. So... You know, I, I just think that you can't – Georgia Tech, it's going to take a couple of years. You don't go from running the triple option to throwing the football in a year. Like, that's just not how that works. And Louisville is well-established. It was a well-established program before Satterfield got there. I, I, I think this is a great pick. Well, I think Georgia Tech is staring four straight losses in the face because I think Louisville can get them this weekend. They're coming off a – what is it? 28-point loss to UCF. They're coming off a 17-point loss to Syracuse, who is not good. And now they got to play Louisville, and then they host number one Clemson um, next week. So, yeah, it's almost like a bad look ahead to where it's like, well, they know they're going to get whipped next week, so how can they get up for this after losing two straight um, by double digits? So, feel pretty good about this one i think the cardinals can get them that is all 12 of our locks uh they are in the system tail them uh or fade them if you will if you must i should say but uh they're in there we're excited for these i feel pretty good about this week we say that every week but i feel good about these i think we've uh we've got some good ones on the sheet uh, but that's going to do it for week six of the Legal Gambling Council. As of now, Ole Miss and Alabama are still scheduled to play at 5 p.m. on ESPN. Weather permitting, all that good stuff. Everybody stay safe out there in your travels. If you're going to Oxford, if you're going anywhere else, or if you're just out and about doing your thing, 
Stay safe. Be smart in this uh, crazy weather. And uh, we'll be back on Sunday to recap the game. And uh, we'll go from there as the Rebels head into week three to take on the Crimson Tide. So, gentlemen, any last words of wisdom before we sign off? No, like you said, be safe. Enjoy the game, assuming we have one. I don't think we're in fade territory yet at 58%, so uh, let's let's have a winning week. No, not yet. We're good. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe, Podcast Rebellion, to wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, like I said, back on Sunday for a recap. Until then, stay safe. We out.